The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Sneakers and Cleats. The podcast. Welcome to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is episode 16, really flying through these. This is uh, Thursday, August 17th, aka schedule release day for the NBA. I think it's a national holiday for Don, one of his hmm. favorite one of his favorites. Matt, I think when you announced episode number 16, I think we should start a new tradition. Jersey number that pops into mind 16. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. I was going to say Joe Montana too, but in the I'm try, I'm going to try and think of another one just so I don't. <laughs> I, I can't don't even say think everyone. of a baseball number. Sixteen. Can you guys? Off the top of your head. I'm trying to think of a, of a basketball number. Sixteen. Who's the first basketball sixteen that comes to mind? Nobody. There's no good sixteen. Sixteen's a bad number. I can't think of anybody. I can't either. Joe Montana. Let's just go with Joe Montana. I think, that, I think, I think that's a good idea, though. But I think when we get to 17, 18, uh, get on the, down the road, it's going to be some debate. I can give you 18. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can give you 18 right now. I bet you can. <laughs> it was all right. Well, we, <laughs> we got uh, the NBA schedule hot off the presses, released uh, just about 45 minutes ago. Some interesting details on that. We got Cowboys leaving Oxnard after three weeks in California. Main takeaways from there, uh, from that, and uh, as they lead into their second preseason game, as always, the soothing sounds of Don Harris and Chuck McAtinick along with me. Try not to uh, make your ears bleed here. So <clears throat> we got the Spurs schedule. Don, out, out about 45 minutes ago, what's your main takeaway from the Spurs schedule being released? Uh, my main takeaway is the amount of television games with Wimbanyama. Spurs are back in the national spotlight. They've had one each of the last two seasons, so two in two years, and now they have 19, 11 on ESPN and TNT. So that's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, and I'm going to have to call the Spurs out on this, the world champion Denver Nuggets come to San Antonio twice, and their first trip is an Austin Moody Center game. Yeah. Which means Spurs fans only get to see the world champions once in San Antonio, and it's the last game of the season. I don't know, man. I think that's a slight to Spurs fans. I don't like it. There's something about Austin I don't like. I get why they're doing it. But, you know, send them an OKC in the middle of the well, year. Well, I mean, they did them dirty last year. The last two games of the season, I thought, were in the in the Moody Center. And nobody played. They, yeah, yeah. Literally I, nobody played. Like they were, they were 140 to 130, and nobody played. They didn't play all year. <laughs> Fair. You know, it's not like the Nuggets are not coming here, though. That's kind of the way I look at it, right? They are, but this last game of the year, right? That might be for you know a playoff spot, or you might not even maybe, get Wemby. You yeah. might not even get Wemby in that game. I mean, if well, that that's a whole another question. We don't know. <laughs> say for maybe a future podcast. All right, so a couple. But of... here's another thing: it's South by Southwest during those those two games. South by Southwest in Austin is in March. Mm. March 8th through the 16th, I think. So one of those It'll games, be the day after then because the... Yeah, uh, but the, it's why everybody's in town. You know, it's why all those people who are in town for South by Southwest, that means it'll drive up the ticket prices in Austin. I get it, but... Yeah. I don't know. 
So they're going to Spurs. <laughs> Spurs are going to kick off the season against Dallas. Luca is coming to town uh, on ESPN. That'll be on October 25th, day after my birthday. Uh, Houston is going to be in town two nights after that. So we're going to get the uh, Texas rivalries out of the way really early on. Got two back-to-back games against the against the Suns after that. The main takeaway for me: seven in Phoenix. Yeah, in Phoenix, and then you got two games against Phoenix in March uh, here at home. A couple of main takeaways for me, they have seven games early on, I think before December hits, that are nationally televised. Actually, seven by Thanksgiving, pretty much. So it seems like uh, they're trying to capitalize on Wemby mania early and, and just, just in case they suck. Yeah. <laughs> just in case the Spurs suck. What about you, Chuck? I don't know. I'm just looking at the rodeo road trip. It's always fascinating to me, right? Start off in the southeast quadrant of the country with Miami and Orlando. Move your way up the coast for Brooklyn, into Canada, back into Texas, and then West Coast, Utah, Mini. Man, that's a lot of traveling for them boys. Hope they're, they're up all, for it. They're all over the place. Yeah. Is it, how big is the break? The, is it a full week off? In, well, it's with the halfway? 7th through the 27th, so it's what, nine games in 20 days? Uh, 20 yeah, but a days? whole week they off get, for the All-Star break right. probably somewhere. In yeah, between it's, those. It's in between uh, Dallas and Sacramento. So they go Wednesday, uh, February 14th, and then they come back Thursday at Sacramento. So, it, yeah, seven days right in between. Um, but still, the, the stretch right before that I thought was interesting too. Starting on January 26th, they're home to Portland, and then they have six games in nine nights until the rodeo road trip. So they have six. They play mm-hmm. Portland. Minnesota, Washington, Orlando, New Orleans, Cleveland, not exactly the murderer's row of teams, but still six games and nine nights. I would All at home? All at home. Yeah. Still a tough schedule, though. It's six yeah. and nine. You're sleeping in your own bed. It's okay. They're young. They are young. It's like AAU ball. <laughs> what are... I always look to see who's coming. The big names. When's LeBron coming for the first time? When's, when's Giannis coming for the first time? Uh, Giannis and the Bucks are here uh, early. Well, mid-early, I mean, right after the uh, New Year on, on January the 4th. And, you know, I remember a couple years ago, they played Milwaukee here and in Milwaukee, like, the first two games out of the shoot. So it's like you never saw Milwaukee after the first week of the season when you don't even know what you got. So I, I like I like Giannis here in um, in January. Boston's uh, New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. So that's a good week with the two Eastern powers here. Yeah, and then, like I said, you got Phoenix and their – They'll probably be way up the standings by March, but at least you'll probably get to see Booker and and Katie and Beal and all those guys. I'm trying to look real quickly at who else is here in March. You got Denver here in March, obviously up in Dallas or up in uh, Austin. You got Dallas here in March, so a lot of good games. Golden State doesn't come here until March either, though. Like a lot of the games are just like backloaded with popular, uh, really really good Western teams. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll be good by then. Maybe they'll. I mean. Maybe, improve maybe they'll be tanking by then who knows uh never know <laughs> so what does this what does the schedule say to you guys about the Wemby effect we talked about it 19 televised games this year what does it say to both of you well it means a lot because i mean i know in years past how frustrating it's been if you wanted to get a peek as to what these guys look like in a preseason game but you just didn't want to go all the way down to you know either the at&t center or to houston or somewhere to watch these guys play they were never on TV unless you could find the backhaul from the opposing team. It looks as though 
their preseason games are going to be on television as well. I would imagine there'd be a hell of a lot of interest for that. So would that have happened if Victor Wimbenyama had not been here? Of course it wouldn't have. It would have been business as usual. So, you know, I think that package is still, you know, being bandied about between broadcast entities. So, I mean, at least if you don't go to a game, there's a good chance you can watch these guys as they get ready to play in the regular season. Then obviously you get to see what number one looks like in, you know, silver and black. And the other thing is uh, that, that in-season tournament, they're the only team where three of their four games are televised by either ESPN or, or uh, TNT. TNT. Or NB- yeah, or, yeah, not NBA TV. ESPN. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously – you know, those executives aren't dummies. They know that he's a huge, you know, eyeballs on him. We don't know how great he's going to be yet, but there's interest. It also leaves them a lot of room later in the season. There's a stretch from the 26th of January until mid-March where there's no games on national TV, and they could very easily be flexed in, or sure. they could they could have 25. If they're good, they could have 25 games on national TV. Yeah, that's a good point because, I mean, that's exactly why the NBA did what they did with this flex scheduling. It allows them to see who kind of the hot commodity is. And, yeah, I mean, if Wimbenyama and the Spurs are what everybody is saying they are at this point in the season, if that proves to be true, then you can bet your bottom dollar they're going to be on the tube a lot more. I keep coming back to the the – quote from Jerry Jones a couple weeks ago is Zach it's like you build if you build it they will come if you every time there's a national TV schedule or a national TV game it's to highlight your city and so I just keep thinking about the eyes that are going to be on San Antonio this entire year and not just on basketball but every time ESPN comes here they do a they do a uh, a feature on like a taco stand or like a taqueria or something that has uh the Spurs mural or the Wemby mural or something like that. It's like all those eyeballs that are coming to San Antonio, I just think is inherently so good for the city. And it's actually kind of amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, they've done studies. Those things are worth millions. When the Spurs were in the finals every year, the chamber and those things, I mean, you can't put a price tag on how valuable that kind of exposure is for the city. It's a doorstep for the city. It always has been. And, you know, again, not like any of this is new, I mean, they went for a stretch, remember, where right. they were rubber-stamped to make the postseason. It was just a matter of would they win the championship or not. Right. Yeah, 20 years of playoffs. Yeah, and just, a, well, I mean, three years of 21 seasons will make people forget really quickly, sadly, with our attention spans nowadays. Um, how do you think that the Spurs are going to handle the press this year? I mean, obviously, they have 19 um, nationally televised games. Those ones always get a little bit more access to players and whatnot, but I mean, they were kind of quite last year. They kind of opened everything up a little bit more because they wanted the coverage. It seemed like, but how do you think they're going to handle Wemby allowances and like letting Wemby show his star power on all these nationally televised games? I think they're going to do whatever Wemby wants to do. Tim Duncan didn't want to do media. So they shut him down once a week, once every two weeks. Wemby said to us at draft week, I want to be the best at everything, and that includes press conferences. I want to be out there. You know, he, he his I think his team too is gonna to be a little bit, I don't know, feel like they're handcuffed being in a small market. And so I think they're gonna look for all opportunities. So when they're on national television and then Lisa Salters wants to do a sit down, you know, the day of the game or pre I think he's gonna be available. I think they're gonna assign Jordan Howenstein to be his PR guy, uh, and I mean, he'll have his own guy, Chuck, like Jordan did. 
Yeah, I mean, I think with the networks, it's a given, right? I mean, if the networks are putting money in your pocket, then they're obligated to do this stuff for the networks. That's only fair. I mean, they're business partners in this whole entity. What's going to happen when the season starts and guys like Don and I try to roll up? Uh, that remains to be seen. I mean, I think there's a, there's a suspicion that we might be going back to the old ways just so that there's a pace to the entire season. You know, how are they going to treat marketing him in their own department? You know, I don't know. For I, I, I mean, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out because, I mean, that's the one thing. I don't, I don't know if they're going to let us know anytime soon or let us know before the season starts. For I, people who don't know, how did the Spurs handle the media during their run of 20 years? It was different. In the early changed. days, in the in the early days with David, uh, Sean, and Avery, those guys were available every day. Almost one of the one of the three was available every day, and sometimes all three were available every day. Yeah, and you could get one on ones. Just go ask the player. Hey, you got time to stop? Yeah, you want to do a CD review? Yep. Want to do a whatever uh, a letter segment? Yeah. Tim's mailbag. Tim. That's the one thing Tim wanted to do was Tim's mailbag. So they so he did it, but. Again, Tim dictated what Tim wanted to do, and if if he didn't want to talk, he didn't yeah. talk. Yeah, but that's how, that's the kind of how things changed with Kawhi because like he wanted to do stuff, and then the Spurs really didn't let him, did they? No, Kawhi didn't want to do anything. Kawhi couldn't do anything. <laughs> Kawhi can't talk. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll never say that. I'll never forget. You're such a hater. No, no, no. I'll tell you, it was a lockout preseason. We didn't have any access to those guys. There was no preseason games. We didn't know these guys. We didn't meet these guys. There was no training camp. And all of a sudden, they thrown in. And like home game number two, I'm on the court, 5, 6 o'clock, and they say, hey, how about our rookie, Kawhi Leonard? Will you want him for your 6 o'clock show? They bring him over. We're in a commercial break. We got about four minutes before the show. I said, hey, Kawhi, Don Harris, News 4 San Antonio, nice to meet you. Uh Hey, uh, you like San Antonio so far? Uh, what do you want to talk about? We don't have to talk about basketball, man. What kind of music you listen to or something? Uh, just basketball. Okay, I know this is going to be a bad live shot, right? So they come out and I said, I'm here with the San Antonio Spurs rookie, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, welcome to San Antonio, man. I guess I guess growing up a basketball fan, watching Tim Duncan. Tony Parker and Monty Ginobili. It's got to be a thrill to play with these guys, right? Uh, yeah. Question number two. <laughs> I cut it off so quickly, and I, I looked at Chris Davis, the PR guy afterwards. I said, never again. Never again with this guy. And he didn't get any better. Well, even even as a finals MVP, he never got better. I go back to what you said about um, when we uh, first couple of podcasts that we did, and you're talking about how the Spurs have learned from what they did with Kawhi and how they kind of – butted heads with Kawhi and Kawhi's people and how they're not how they don't plan to do that with Wemby and you think they've learned from from what they learned with Kawhi. So that's why that's why yeah, I'm yeah, asking yeah. About I don't that think that had anything to do with media. I think that had to do with injury management, workout schedules, respecting the guy's own team. I think the Spurs were pretty pretty clear that our doctors will do your surgeries and our doctors will do that. I think if have to, if Wemby's has something like that happen and he wants to include his own physio guys or trainers. They've already hired his trainer. They've, I mean, that was the first thing they did. His personal workout guy now works for the team and he's working out the other guys too. So if, if Wemby gets, if, if we send in requests, just, you know, media in, in general to get Wemby and Wemby wants to do all this media, they're going to let him is what you're saying. Yes. 
but he's not going to want to because his team has already said they're going to make him a commodity. Mm-hmm. He's turned down McDonald's. So I don't think I'm going to be able to get a Wimby's mailbag <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by <laughs> Bob's Bail Bonds. I mean, if he talks, hopefully he talks at least once a week. I mean, that's I think he my will. expectation. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, I mean, they allow a couple guys at practice to talk all, every day that, that were there and all that stuff. So I would expect, I would, like LeBron talks af- everywhere, all, all the time. Like LeBron talks after every game. He talks at every practice. He always does that stuff. And Wemby is, is going to be, or we pro- project him to be on the same level, if not a little bit less, a little bit more, give or take, on LeBron's level. So that's the kind of access I think that people associate with a superstar. And if he wants to do that, they'll let him do it. If he wants to be Tim Duncan and go once a week or once every month, I mean, there was there was letters to the league. There was, we got to get Tim Duncan more. Media in this town, remember Mike Monroe from the Express News, complaining to the league. The league got on to the Spurs. Tim came out for a week or two and then, went back to the way it was because you just didn't want to do it. I just don't see them bringing him out every day. And if that's all anybody wants to talk about, I just, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. What, how does the, how does the spotlight kind of play into that? Cause obviously you have national attention on the Spurs again, you have national attention on Wemby and basically revolving solely around him. So how does national media wanting him to be available, whether that's a press conference that we're going to feed to them or whatever, be play into his availability? They they just join us, you know, after practice on a Tuesday morning, the French guys who are moving here or they may embed a Brian Windhorst like they did with LeBron and ESPN. If they did something like that, they would just be in the group interview with us. They may get something additional off to the side. I, I, I think we've already seen what the Spurs are going to do with Wemby. It's not every day, but they were fair during all this draft stuff. You know, they they made him available, then two days later One made question. him available again, and he wanted to talk about the Britney Spears thing. He initiated that thing. So, um, I do think, though, after that month of the draft. He might be the one changing his mind. He might be the one who's like, I didn't realize this is going to be this much of a pain in my butt. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy that if you asked him and he wanted to do it, that was just like with Tim. If you wanted to play video games with you, yeah, let's do it. You yeah. want to do shoot that and make a story about that? Yeah, let's do it. I just don't want to be talking X's and O's right. every single day or talking about my personal life every single day. This is going to get old, and it might get old for him too at some point. He just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that is like Tim in that regard. It seems like if you wanted to talk about the weather every single day, Victor is the type of personality that doesn't mind putting himself out there. And I think to your point about the whole Britney Spears thing, I mean, could he have handled that any better? I don't think so. He came out, my life is an open book. I'll tell you what happens. You can say what you want about me. I don't care. This was all news to me. I woke up to this, and I thought he handled it perfectly. And by handling it in the most humane way possible, it got diffused instantly. Right. He will He will be accommodating, but he's not going to let it affect his time management. He's I, not going to do so much media that it's going to wear him out. He'll do media when he does media, and everybody will be there to do it. And then, but he's not gonna he's not gonna do five different one on ones every day. I think he only needs to hang out with Jeremy Shohan every like once a right? week because 
I don't know what color Wemby's hair is going to be next, but it's uh, purple and blonde yeah. at the moment. So, Dude, I'd like to talk to that kid every day. I mean, there's another guy. It's like when you hear him talk, he's got something to say. He's, oh, he's funny. Great. He's engaging. He's got a ton of charisma. They, they have Keldon, such, too. They have such yeah. an interesting team Malachi of, of personalities. Right. Like, it's so different than 20 years ago when it's they're, they're not that there wasn't a personality, but there was it was muted personalities on a team. This team is just so like so engaging and young and just like vibrant and wanting to wanting to get out there and do things and see things and be together. Right. They're kids and you know they want to have a presence in social media, all that stuff. But again, it's things are different. I know Don and I are going to sound like the old men, but it's like it's hard to get that and see that when there's 50 reporters around. You feel like you're in a stoic environment where you can't really be yourself a lot of the times. But I remember, and Chuck, you do too. I mean, we used to do the team test and, and Tim's mailbag and these fun things and Malik Cam, uh, Malik and Antonio Daniels and Avery and Sean and David to a certain extent, but Jack Haley and others. There's always been guys with personalities who want to do fun things. Um, Tim's personality and the fact that he was the best player and the leader, I think, led to a quieter culture with guys doing media. Um, but I, I, I do think with this group, with Sohan and Keldon being class clowns and Malachi being engaging and uh, Wimby, I, I think we could see a resurgence of more fun stuff. So wrapping up, putting a bow on the Spurs schedule, give me... Yeah, we kind of went on a tangent. I know we kind of we kind of went off on a couple of subjects. <laughs> it's a podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're just gonna talk, guys. It's fine. Rundowns don't matter. Um, so just give me two minutes on on briefly, just main takeaways, just to wrap it all up on on Spurs schedule. Uh, you know they're gonna be better than a thirty win team. If I was I was at the Mohegan Sun last week, they didn't have a sports book, but I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna drop a C note on that. Over on 30 wins. If you're in Massachusetts, you can just download one of the apps and you could have a I one know, but I don't know how to do all that stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, I think they're going to be... Talk about sounding like the old I think man they're gonna be a 40. <laughs> I think they're going to be a 40-win team. I think they're going to they're gonna push the play in. And I think I, I reserve the right to change that opinion in January if Victor is better than I think he's going to be as a rookie. It wouldn't surprise me. If they're a fifty-win team, I mean, it. I, I wouldn't if he if he's everything that they say he's going to be. I don't think a rookie at nineteen can be that. Uh, and my other takeaway is the Nuggets coming to Austin bugs me, man. Doesn't bug Austin fans. Oh, no. that's right. <laughs> what about you, Chuck? I don't know. I guess uh, first of all, I'd like to get to football season before we start breaking all this down. I mean, I haven't really. <laughs> Had a chance to digest most of this, but my sense is they're going to be slow with Victor. They're going to let him grow up a little bit, both mentally and physically. You know, I don't think they're going to do exactly like what they did when Tim was playing, which was fairly early. It's like he's the focal point. We're going to build everything around him. I don't think that's going to happen initially. So, you know, I would be like Dom, though. I mean, if I was a betting man, and I am not, I would definitely take the over. I mean, I, and, but this goes back to what we said a month ago. I, I think this league is waiting to be had, just top to bottom. I mean, there's a couple of teams I think that, you know, I would worry about late in the year, but in a playoff situation, there ain't that many of them, to be honest with you. I think that this season can be 
as I look at it right now, is going to be described as one word, and that's frustrating. Frustrating for, for, for Spurs fans, really, because I think they're going to want to see him all six games in those nine nights, and they're not going to. You're going to have him taking a couple days off. You're probably not going to have him playing back-to-backs all the time. You're probably not going to have him playing a whole road trip. I mean, they're going to go slow with him, and I think Spurs fans and national media and everything, like when, when he sits out one of these nationally televised games, people are going to be pissed. But it's it's going to happen probably. Oh yeah, I you think know it, it's going to happen. You know because <laughs> yeah. they don't give a crap about the nationally televised games. Yeah. Sometimes, like they sat. What, what was that game where they played against the Heat a couple of years ago, where they sat literally everybody on the team? Well, I think yeah, they've but, changed the rules and, on some of that, right. so they're going to have to be a little more but still, frugal it, with how they go about. That's it. how I'm kind of kind of just but thinking yeah, he, about it. He it's will have his nights off. There's no doubt. I I think he plays seventy games. Oh no, no way. Yeah, I do. I, I mean. Look, the reason they managed Tim Duncan was because he was old and he had bad knees. Same with Tony and Manu. David Robinson, Tim Duncan played played 75, 80 games ten, his first 10 years. That was like a lifetime ago. <laughs> that, was a, that was a different game that we, they were playing then. I Look, I think Keldon, Devin, all those guys play 60, 70 games last year if they weren't tanking on purpose. I think they're a young team. I think they're going to play a lot. Now, I do think they're going to rest. I mean, he's not going to play six games in nine days. I think he'll take a game or two off here and there. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I think I think he's going to play more than you guys think. All right. So that's Spurs. He's 19. Yeah. And he's yeah. seven foot that's however, right. and they're and trying to good, keep him healthy. And he's the franchise. They're trying yeah. to keep him healthy. He played, I'd like he to played, see him play every day, too. It's just not the reality, especially not here. He played every day last year. It's not the reality in the game that they play right now. In in yeah. today's NBA, it's just not the reality. Even if you are the healthiest person in the world, you play 70 games. I don't know how the how the new rules are going to play into that with the CBA and need 65 games to qualify for awards and whatnot and all pro teams and whatever else. Whatever else there is, or all NBA teams, I'm thinking of football already with all pro. But so that that should be the over under on number 60, of games on Victor, yeah, right? Yeah, 64 and a half, Don. Over or under <laughs> on how many games he plays? Yes, yeah, 64 over. and a half. He plays 70. I say it's between 65 and 70. All right, I'll yeah. take the under on 64 and a half. Okay. I don't think they care. Okay. Um, let's get to the Cowboys real quick. Um, they are leaving Oxnard. They just had their last practice, last padded practice yesterday in Oxnard. California, where they've been handling their training camp for the last three weeks. So, so far in in the preseason game and in the training camp, what is your guys' good? Like, let's do good, bad, and the ugly here. What's your good as a takeaway from the Cowboys training camp so far? I kind of like the competitive nature of this. I kind of like that it looks like two different teams, at least aesthetically, that, you know, they could be like the old... Looney Tunes cartoons, or you have Sam and Fred, the sheepdog, and Wiley Coyote walking to work. Hey, Sam, hey, Fred. They're walking, talking to each other, and then they punch the clock, and they go kick the crap out of each other for eight <laughs> hours, and they hug and kiss on the, on the way home, and they punch out. And that's what this looks like a little bit to me, but I kind of like it. I mean, it's been a little saucy, as J. Ron Curse said the <laughs> other day. Or did he say spicy? I can't remember. I think it was spicy. But spicy. It, it just... Saucy. It, it, it kind of... <laughs> It kind of livened things up here towards the end of training camp. My good, 11 in that defense. <laughs> They've dominated the offense. In, Micah is like, so like good. If I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm halfway worried about how bad this offense is. I don't think they are. I think the defense is that good. Dominated. Dominated Dak. Dak doesn't get a pass off in these in these live periods. Micah is just re- literally wrecking practice. Wrecking. They have to tell him to stop so they can get... 
plays off. Throwing all pros around like ragdolls. <laughs> Just throwing Tyron Smith to the ground. I think if you had, if you if I was a betting man, which I am, um, <laughs> a def- defensive player of the year looks really good if for Micah Parsons. Man. Like he is, uh, he's and a wrecking ball. And they're coming at all angles, you know, nineties over there. They they shored up the the secondary with Gilmore. They there was a couple of days ago. I don't remember which day it was. They were running seven or they were running a eleven on eleven, and they had Demarcus Lawrence and uh, Micah Parsons on the same side. How, I don't know how you put enough offensive linemen over there to stop that one. That's just insane. They're coming from everywhere. Yeah, and the big kid from Michigan, he looked really Mozzie. Mozzie, he looked really good in the last two yeah, days. Of immovable practice. object or irresistible force. Not def- sure, but it's one or the other. <laughs> we talked a couple of weeks ago. Is this a historically great defense, or can it be? And I'm starting to think like maybe. <laughs> like, they like look so good, but they're putting these things out there. They're talking, and then they're backing it up, but. This talk is getting spread around like wildfire on the internet, right? Every other team is seeing it. And yeah, it might be bulletin board material, but they don't care. And I think there's there's a certain power behind that, that if you can get to the point where you literally can back up everything that you're saying, or at least there's a belief, you may have something. I think the good for me is the rookies. The rookies have looked really good. Mozzie is unbelievable. And literally every time he's interviewed, he's like, what do you like about the game? I just want to hit people. Right. I just want to go hit people right now. Yeah. That's all I want to do. Um, and then DeMarvion Overshone has looked amazing. Deuce Vaughn has looked really good. Schoonmacher is getting rave reviews at a practice. Like this whole rookie class sounds like they're taking a step and the, they haven't even started their first season yet, which is exactly what you want to hear if you are a Cowboys fan. All right, give me the bad, Don. We'll start with you this time. Give me the bad. Kicker. <laughs> Real bad. I was going to put that as ugly, but yeah, bad. The bad's good too. <laughs> Kicker's bad. They got to get. Uh, they can't start the season like this. They, they. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy yesterday was like, "Do you see his kickoffs? His kickoffs are really good." And I was like, "Yeah, kickoffs aren't really what we're worried about here." <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I think that's bad. Um, I don't know. I. I that's about it. That's about it. That, what about you, Chuck? I mean, that obviously is glaring. I would have said that too. I'm. I still really don't know what they're doing with Cavante Turpin. I mean, I just don't see it. And they're giving him every opportunity to win. You know, the fourth or fifth wide receiver position, and maybe he's earned the right to have that. And maybe I'm just pulling for Dennis Houston to kind of, you know, <laughs> win the roster spot. I don't know. Well, it's Homer. hard to know because it's like you know, watching the first preseason game. Matthew, I mean, he, he's back there to return kicks. That's why he's on the team. Coughs it up. He dropped a huge ball that was right in his hands early on in the game. And a huge catch at the end, too. But and, and then you watch him run, and you see how he gets open, and you can understand why the Cowboys would want this guy on the field. But I just don't know if, at this point, like you, there's probably something there you can work with, but that have a roster spot. To me, it would seem like he would be the kind of guy you would want to have on the practice squad to try to tweak some things and see if he can make a leap as a smooth receiver. Kevontae Turpin screams to me someone who is going to bounce around the league and, and be a really good speedy kick returner and probably not much else. Like There's a lot of those guys, Trendon Holiday is one, um, that, or and, and Isaiah McKenzie is another one, that kind of 
latch onto a team as a kick returner, try and make it as a receiver, and then just need a new change of scenery sometimes. And then they go and maybe a new offensive mind can figure out how to use them a little bit better. I don't know how McCarthy wants to use him if he's trying to get him on those jet sweeps or if he's trying to get him out in open space or yeah, whatever. Probably but all it of seems like It seems like they're just trying to convert him into a slot receiver, and it doesn't seem like that role is taking for yeah, him. Yeah, and he grips too. I mean, like when he screws up, you can see him. He He's in his own head at this point with a lot of it. I think he's feeling pressure to try to make this happen because how many times do we have to hear McCarthy talk about guys have got to do more than one thing? On this team, It's yeah. if you want to get to where you want to go, you can't be just the guy that is just doing Well, they this. got some other guys. Dudes could return kicks. Right. Yeah, and he did, and he, he probably And will. they're going to look at some other guys too this week too. So I don't know. I think that's just one of those things we're going to have to wait and see that what plays out. But it, to me, it's intriguing. So for me, the bad is the offensive line, and I think we all watched what happened on Saturday. It's probably going to get better now that uh, our, our guy Zach Martin's back. Um, however... The offensive line hasn't looked great, and that offense isn't going to do anything if the offensive line isn't back to form top 10 offensive line. So they haven't looked great, and I'm a little concerned about that. And for me, the ugly was the kicker. I, I just I don't see any scenario where they go into the into the season they with can't. Brandon Aubrey as their kicker. There's I no just way. I don't see any way that happens. Shame on them if they do. Well, like opening night against the Giants, imagine them losing on a – because Brandon Aubrey misses an extra point or a kick, like McCarthy is going to get annihilated on Monday or Sunday night. Yeah. Like, can you even imagine if that happened? Yeah, and I mean, and, it, and it is he would be he'd be the guy to blame at this point. I mean, this is a this is a front office, and I hate to say bean counting, but that's what this is. I mean, they've got this guy in there because they can pay him the league minimum. But I mean, you know, at some point you got to believe. Like, you know, you guys are having some kicker issues, right, in Denver. I mean, wouldn't you want a Mason Crosby that is kicked outdoors, is kicked in the cold, is kicked in the snow? I mean, at some point, these guys asking price. I would think him and, you know, Robbie Gold. Gold. Are they both still out there? Yep. Available? Yep. Hey, it's all right. The Broncos have Brett Maher. So, Um, yeah, the ugly (laughs) I have is the kicker. So what what about you guys? What's your ugly for the training camp so far? Hmm. Ugly kicker. Can it you're be really, you're really hate Brandon Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can it be bad and yeah. ugly? Yes. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have an ugly. Yeah. I, I, Zach Martin hold out. Yeah, probably. that's what I was gonna say. Is unnecessary, the... and then saying that he deserved. I hate that word. He was Dude starting. Dude got to... nine million dollars. How can you say it's unnecessary? It he was, was starting... necessary for him to get nine million dollars. Yeah, it was starting to get ugly. Yeah, like after after Jerry's comments and all that stuff, I felt like it was starting to get ugly. Yeah, I mean, when you hear McCarthy dodge the question, like he was asked, "Were you starting to worry if he'd be ready for Week One?" and he said, "I don't talk in hypotheticals," but you could tell by the way he was kind of chuckling about it that I think there was some concern. And you know, good on Jerry and good on Zach for meeting face to face. I guess luckily the team was in Dallas for this to end up happening because. I don't know. I, I'm curious to hear Jerry's end of this or his side of the story with how this all turned out. Because once again, Jerry El Foldo. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you guys want to see from the preseason game against the Seahawks? Health. <laughs> Performances, Chuck. Yeah. What, what do you want to see? I just don't want to see anybody get banged up, man. You're looking at these training camp reports every day and somebody going down. I guess, you know, the, the Turpin thing is. There, are we going to see anything that resolves that question? I don't know that we will this week. Maybe we will. 
And, yeah. you know, and can the offensive line improve? Yeah, I'm just looking at receiver battle, too, you know, for those backup spots. Um, I, I just want to – I know he's not going to play, but I want to see Michael Parsons play football more. I love that. <laughs> so you're going to have to wait till Sunday night for that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, last thing before we get out. I have two – it's hard to get a focus group like this. I have two men here that have been married for a very long time. So i got to ask a marriage question for, to the newly, newly oh, married Lord. guy. Hypothetically, if either of you guys were to, say, be married for, you know, eight months – and lose your wedding ring. What would your what would your wife say? And what would you do? What kind of ring is it? It's a, a tungsten tungsten ring. It's like four or five hundred bucks. Something like that. Oh gosh. What what does it look Hypoth- like? What does it look like? Hypothetically, it's a black. It's it's black with a a little ring in the middle. Like it's a it's black with like a, a silver. So so it's ring. not like it can be duplicated easily. I mean, it could probably go buy it. Buy another one easily. Hopefully, your <laughs> lovely wife, when you guys walk down the aisle, hypothetically, she knew, guys. well, that this person <laughs> would have known that something like this is possible. I've lost mine a couple of times, and I got the eye roll. So, I mean, I think my wife probably knew that at some point it, it was probably going to happen, and then this will probably my, happen again. It's not my original, and I think this has happened a couple of times. This one right here looks platinum, right? <laughs> yep. Not twenty five bucks Walmart. So twenty five bucks. So nice. I'm wearing I'm wearing ring. this. This is my backup ring. I yeah. lost I lost my ring at the gym yesterday. I took it off. I put it in my pocket. Oh man, not in there anymore. And here's the so, other like, thing you can do. My brother tattooed his on his arm. I never. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a silicone one. Marriage is not supposed to hurt to that degree, my friend. <laughs> it's permanent. <laughs> it's permanent. Sorry, Jordan already knows. I I, I lost it. I went into to change and I, I was in my pocket. I was like, oh, where the hell did I go? And I was on my way to work and we, the gym's two minutes away. So I was driving to work on that short drive. I was like, the hell's my ring? So I went into my bag. It's not in there. I've looked everywhere. So I went, so I called Jordan right away and I was like, so I think I need to go to K. <laughs> well, either that or maybe with any luck, There'll be some kind-hearted human that will return your ring to the front desk, and maybe you can find it in the maybe. lost and found. It, I'd hold out hope for that because you know, there are more good people out there than you know. Isn't it weird, though? My wife, I probably had this one for 10 years. She knows it's a $25 ring from Walmart. But there are days where I'm going out to the garage to go to work. Bye, honey. Oh, oh, I don't have my ring. And I have to go back inside. I always keep it in the same little tray in the kitchen when I go to sleep. There's that panic, even though it's a $25 ring, that I know that if that's the thing I lost compared to my, I don't know, $150 running shoes, the running shoes, she would care less if I ordered a new pair on Amazon. It's the symbol. But it's the $25, it's the symbol. It's like, I can go to Walmart and pick one up on my way in if I lost it. But no, if you even hint that it might be missing, there's that stare, like... Excuse me? You yeah. <laughs> you got uh, the luck. I didn't want that stare. I was like, I yeah. lost it, and I was like, oh, God, I want to crawl in a hole right now. No. I, was, I wasn't wearing a ring for eight hours, and my, it felt like something on my hand was missing. And I've only that's been, mar- and I've only been wearing one for eight months. That's a good sign, bro. And you know what? You should get kudos for even having it in your pocket at the gym. Like, if I'm going to do anything that requires any kind of physical activity, I take it off because I've lost it on a softball field before. Really? That ain't fun when you got, you know, 18 people out there looking for something and... 
You know, see, I never take really? mine. I never take mine off. Yeah. And here, I think Chuck and I are both most agreement on, agreement on this. Dude, you have won the wedding lottery <laughs> as far as upgrading. I know. For you, you're telling me, man. So you you just do you just say yes, ma'am, whenever she yeah. says. Why anything. do you think I was afraid? <laughs> <laughs> you say yes, ma'am, and do. How high? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't want her mad at me, guys. All right. <laughs> I bet she wasn't. I bet she was nah, nice she, and understanding. She was like, I don't even know what to say. Like, what do you say in these situations? And I was like, I don't know either. That's why I'm See, asking Chuck and Don. What a cool response, right? Yeah. <laughs> like like I, said. I know you didn't do it intentionally. She got mad. You? She got mad later. It was fine. <laughs> Uh, quick. <laughs> the best part is she'll be mad 10 years from now about it. Something will come up. Yeah. You remember that time that you lost your ring at the gym? Right? No? They, they have memories like elephants. Yeah. Really, well, you know really what? Looking I, shouldn't, to it. I shouldn't say that about Jordan. That's just been my experience. She'll but my probably, wife puts up with a lot. She'll so. probably do it. How long have <laughs> you been married, Chuck? 34 years. Seems like. How many 34 ring? minutes. How many? Underwater. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. How many, ring, how many rings have you too. gone through, Chuck? No, I've I've only gone through two. Okay. Me too. I'm on but, two, I'm on yeah. ring number two. Okay, so I got so with the next one I can't lose that one. I got to outlast 30 34 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it! I really upset the curve here. All right, so quick reminder: you can get this podcast. I'm take the I love you, Melissa. <laughs> I love you, Melissa. I love you, Melissa. I don't want this to turn into a hate fest because that's been the beautiful thing about joke. 34 it years. Was a great joke. Yes, is that. <laughs> You can actually grow through all of this nonsense and shenanigans, too, and be better than you were when you started. I love you, Jordan. Um, we love you, too, Jordan. Just not <laughs> in the same kind of way. You put up with a lot, we know. We love you, too, Wemby. All right, quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. YouTube version will have some video elements, sound bites, some, of the, uh, video, uh, some other video plugged in along the way. Please subscribe, download, rate, review, do all that good stuff. Give us a five-star rating and some feedback. Feedback is a gift. Chuck and I will be back on Monday. Don is uh, off that day, so he will not be there. And then we have high school football starting up next week, fellas. Yeah! Can't wait. TNL next Thursday. So we'll be back next week on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast.